I said, what you know about it? It's the stool, baby. Got the knees in plus. Young stool, baby. And the room a lot. Hello, hello. You're listening to The Stew. My name is Jason Stewart. This is my food podcast. Andre Conapara, say hello. Hello. What is good? We're we're in the middle of a very gloomy... Rainy day. It's raining in LA. It's, it's May. It sucks. I don't like it. It's bad bicycle weather. It is a late rain. It's bad hiking weather. Yeah, it's an indoor working on recipe weather. Oh, working on a recipe. It's bacon yeah. weather. It is baking weather. Um, yeah, uh, yeah it's, whenever the weather, but nothing's like, this. like seasons. Like we're kind of in between seasons for fruits. It's like there's nothing. Citrus is going out. Yeah, the peaches ain't in yet. Mm-mm. This is we're in a no man's land. We're just going to be eating popcorn. For the my favorite, month. my favorite juice stand though. This guy from Ojai. He that's who makes the blood orange tangerine mm-hmm. juice that we had at Easter. He's like a week out from bringing out his grapefruit juice, which is the single highlight of food for me of the year. His, his grapefruit juice really has the most intense flavor and the lowest acid, and it's sweet enough where it doesn't taste sweet, but it cuts some of the bitterness that people don't like about grapefruits. I mean, I buy it by the half gallon. Like I buy it by the gallon. He doesn't sell gallons. I buy two half gallons every week. It's so good. It's my. I cannot. I'm so excited. And he only has them for like. Three months, three and a half months. I love the grapefruit juice as well. It's my favorite. I mean, citrus. I like it when it's a bitter. good one. It's my favorite. My favorite citrus juice. Period. For sure. What's your um, what's your go to grapefruit cocktail? Just a greyhound. Greyhound. Yeah. Do you like salty the, dog? I don't like the, I, I do. One. Um, I do one grapefruit, tequila, yeah, soda gonna, yeah. and mint. I was gonna say that, mezcal like, and tequila is a grapefruit's friend for yeah, sure. If I'm in, if I'm in Palm Springs, laying laying out in the heat, like I could just drink that all day long. Yeah, that's great. But I can't because then you get too drunk. But like nothing nothing better to cool you down than a grapefruit and mint. Yeah, well, we can't come soon enough, baby. I need my juice. <laughs> um. Yeah, now we're just going to have to be uh, drinking Soylent probably for the next month. <laughs> have just, you ever had Soylent? I have not had Soylent. Or a version of Soylent? But I just... Soylent has been a big part of my life in the last week, even what? though I've never tried it, because I, I met a guy who works for Soylent yesterday. Aren't they based out of Palo Alto? Yeah, I think they're, I think yeah. they're Bay Area. But there's like a L.A. sales rep guy. He's a friend of, cor- of a friend. Yeah, well, of course there was. So I hung, out, I hung out with him yesterday, played some poker. He's a very nice guy. Mm. Um, and then I got an email from a friend, friend who does like marketing and stuff like that, and they're doing marketing for Soylent, so they're going to send uh, a case over to to the house for Sam and I to try. I don't really know what I'm going to do with it, though. There's only one thing to do with it. What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> I mean, like... I'm not like well I've only okay look I've never tried it and I I mean I don't I read all the articles and saw a few videos like a year ago or 2 years ago uh when it first kind of launched I know it started as a Kickstarter but to me it's it's like the darkest it's the darkest place mankind can go it's literally <laughs> like it's like a science fiction film uh-huh. from the 70s it's like it strips so much of what I enjoy and find creative in my life instantly out that it's like, oh my God. But on the flip side, I understand why it exists, and I, I, it's, it's one of those things where I completely get it. I mean, it's developed by a programmer who mm-hmm. doesn't really like food and found it to be distracting and annoying that food had to be such a big part of his life. So using that, that kind of logic solving in his brain, decided to invent basically the perfect food that you just drink like a shake um, per FDA food suggested guidelines, 30% carbs, Mm -hmm. 30% protein, 20%, you know, I don't know the exact breakdown, but it it allows you to pancake batter that you just shove in your mouth and then you can keep hitting the keys. It's something that you are able to live health healthily on. Yeah. Like if you're in a bunker 
and could manufacture sunlight, you could live off this indefinitely, is the theory. Yeah. Healthy. But, it, uh, yeah, I mean, such a dark thing, though. I don't, I mean, but, like, it's, it's great that they're sending it to me, and, like, I'm sure the next... Look, I'm curious to try it, too. Every, in, in a everyone, way that, like, why, how would you not be curious? But the idea that, say, this was a reality where something was a necessity to survive, that's where the, that's where it gets ridiculously yeah. dark. And the guys, for me, too, at least the articles I read and the interviews I heard on NPR and, and stuff like that, I mean, they really kind of – it wasn't like we need this for two weeks to bang something out when we're finishing delivery on something. They were like, this is the lifestyle I want. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like food. There, Literally, it was like, I don't like food. It's distracting. And I knew a guy in college like this. There are, yeah, everyone knows that one person who does not Who's like so food. so annoyed that he has to eat. Right. Like, takes no pleasure from eating food. and But life is full of so few pleasures that to derive yourself from the from delicious food is so depressing. I also... I also feel that all these people that feel that way are highly more successful in achieving than I am too. Yeah. So I mean, I, it's yeah. That seems the flip side of it is like, okay, I get that. Yeah, that is a weird trait. I mean, like, the, like most people who are like that, who are like, oh, I wish I didn't have to eat food. Like they're probably busy doing something. They're not playing Call of Duty right good now. Good for themselves. Yeah, it's either that or they're just like that weird stoner friend that really just doesn't want to eat. Yeah. But I mean, I will. As soon as that box comes, we will do a live Soylent testing on on here. But it's one of those things where it's like, what do you... There are biological effects on your body as far as, like, functions in your body, as far as as I've read. Flatulence, bowel movements. Oh. It does change how your, I think, body works. Because you're not breaking down... Look, I'm speaking kind of from a real... like. Okay, I don't know that much about it. But just off the surface, you are not breaking down whole fiber fruits and vegetables. You're having things chemically synthesized, which has not been proven time and time again not the optimal way to get fiber, to get vitamins, to sure. get iron, to get anything. To get it from vitamins or anything synthesized is the worst possible way. Mm-hmm. You want it from whole fruits, vegetables, low-fat animal protein, like or low-fat protein sources, low-fat animal proteins, a little bit of fat, olive oil. I mean, like... There's going to be you, there's going to be no friction in your body. Your digestive system will basically just kind of shut down on autopilot because all it does is just have this weird goo going yeah. in and then like some of it is absorbed into your body and then so I've read that there there are odors associated with it and it's I mean I don't know shit. <laughs> but I'm going to be so curious to find out how, do you know are you going to do it for a week? Are you going to do it for a day? I I imagine myself Doing, you know, trying one glass of it. Just at the club with a, being, a shaker bottle of pancake batter. I mean, I, I guess I will try it for a week. Yeah. I don't know why. Are you gonna Are you gonna Snapchat this? <laughs> I'm. I'm. I also not, don't know what Snapchat is. <laughs> Snapchatting, soylent <laughs> drinking for a week. I mean, unless you're a comedian. I mean, I feel like it'll get pretty old pretty quick. Do you watch Veep? Uh, not regularly. Okay. So last week's Veep, one of the characters on it was doing the master cleanse. Mm. And it was the best thing, too, because it was like, it was, somebody knew exactly what they were writing. Cause he's like, comes in the office, like, doing the master cleanse. We're like, what the fuck is the master cleanse? He's like, <laughs> oh man, you gotta try it. It's amazing. I've never felt better. It's like, it's just maple syrup, cayenne, lemon juice, water. He's just like, it's just, I mean, it's changed my life. It's like, oh, you guys got to try this. And then like six hours later, he passes out at the podium. Like, and he's like, he's delirious and hallucinating. And it's like, it's super funny. Yeah, I mean, that's... Again, Soylent is not the master cleanse. If you can, I mean, I can, I can but, relate to the master cleanse yeah, lifestyle. I, you did it for three days. And when, part, uh, part, of, part of me... No, I've, I've done it the first time I did it for 10 days. You did it for 10 days? 10 days. Really? It is a, it is a bizarre that. exercise in depression. Yeah. Because it, it is so dark. And it makes everything that you do not fun. Especially if you're live my lifestyle of going out and DJing and they've kind of proven that it's really unhealthy, right? For the most part, yeah. I mean, I enjoy debunked into. It's like a it's a weird thing of like you know it's kind of like I'm gonna not drink for a month or I'm just gonna I'm gonna go vegan for a month or I'm those those are two are you inarguably very healthy things to do. (laughs) No one's like 
man, you got you got to get a drink in it your buddy. That is healthy, obviously, but yeah. it's also sort of an exercise in your willpower and strength where you're like... A thousand percent. So the, I have no interest whatsoever in having Soylent only diet for a week or a month or anything like that, but I will, for some weird reason, just to challenge myself, do it for a week as just in a w- bizarre way to amuse myself. Well, the other thing that's interesting, too, is that it's not... I mean, I guess it's a weight loss supplement if you are overeating your calories per day or have an unhealthy lifestyle. It could definitely be a weight loss supplement. But it's basically, it's going to maintain your current weight for the most part, in this, depending on how heavy or how obese or where you're at or mm-hmm. you're like actually malnourished, whatever it is, it'll bring you up. But it's not a weight loss scenario because you're getting your 2,000 calories a day or you're, you're mm-hmm. basically ingesting exactly what you need to be healthy, functional, right. aware, awake, full brain power, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So in the sense that it's not one of these like, you're going to get your full nutrients but have 500 less calories a day so you're going to lose weight. Right. That is not this. This is like very high functioning, mm-hmm. keeping you at top performance level, energy-wise, sure. all that kind of stuff. Well, you know, if I can get my calorie intake down to 2,000 a day, I will be <laughs> on the fast track to Gotta weight loss. Got to cap that bottle, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about talking to Zac Efron about his... About his, because he's like in he has like the best physique out of any human, you know, arguably. Period. Right. And he has had a history of substance abuse and problems like that. And he was he said he was just like you know I liked drinking and I only drink vodka, just like straight glass of vodka. That's it. Like I you know has no, it's, it's it's sort of like the soylent of getting drunk. Like it is very much. I love I enjoy drinking equally for the amazing flavors and combinations and different. You know, like a beautiful glass of wine that's ten no years wine. old or thirty years old, or like an amazing micro brew that has a super dope flavor, or like a great cocktail. Like those are awesome and fun flavors to drink, and then they also make you feel. Good. Do you think he's butt chugging this vodka? <laughs> he's. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. He he could be taking it uh, in a different. You know, he might not be taking his vodka orally. What about what's the? Um, I mean, I, I've never done it. Do people vaporize alcohol still, or was that like a fad a couple years ago? It, it was a fad. I don't think anyone does it. I think it's like wildly dangerous. Yeah, I would assume and, that like, it couldn't be more possibly more dangerous. <laughs> Maybe if you were doing that with heroin as well. Yeah, I think it's like a very. I mean, there's that, and there's also the powdered alcohol that came oh, out. I never a while even ago. heard about that. Yeah, where they somehow like synthesized it down into just dissolvable crystals, like an emergency packet or something like that. <laughs> I need ten. T- I need ten cc's of <laughs> wasted, which is also wildly dangerous. Yeah, I mean, I just don't know how you. I mean, I guess yeah. I'm not a chemist, but I mean all the all the calories and in, in alcohol is all associated to sugars, and mm-hmm. I don't know how you would strip the sugars out because that's a, very interesting. It is, yeah. I mean, if if there's a way to invent a way to feel drunk, without well, I'm sure he's in good shape in general, but he's in insane shape. The you know the photo shoots, the uh, the superhero movies, they get in shape, and they need to be in shape for like. 10 days and mm-hmm. then they shoot that out every shirtless scene they've got it very well scheduled mm-hmm. they shoot that out and they have to look like that and they do very specific things including anything from human growth hormones to intense training shirtless stuff is done and they go back to the you know yeah a lifestyle that doesn't have a 10 pack just like a ufc fighter cutting weight for a fight yeah, <laughs> you're you're walking around. But they can wait. do completely illegal things that's not allowed in sports competition. Would sure. be the only difference. Mm-hmm. Like the the testing that they do for steroids and human growth hormones, they don't do in Hollywood, and they are legal when prescribed by a doctor. So it's like there's a whole lot of of uh, how the sausage is made when it comes to shooting men and women in film and magazines before to get that muscle. Yeah, the, I feel like the HGH is one of those things where it's like they're are there downsides to it? It's like one of those things where, well, like, like a, I, obviously there are downsides to it, but it's kind of like I've heard I've heard firsthand firsthand stuff from this, and it's what happens is if you don't maintain it, and I'm, there has to be long term effects that are 
that are detrimental. But basically, you know, you can put on <clears throat> 20 to 30 pounds of muscle and then lose it within like a month. <laughs> mm-hmm. And to come down from that, you have to really healthy have to be very conscious and be, do a very healthy program of losing that muscle mass and not letting it turn into fat, and it just kind of falls you off. You can't get the bends. No. Because then you'll be like those weird guys who are obese and then lost all the weight and they have the flabby skin and their body's all messed mm-hmm. up. But I feel like HGH is similar to kind of like caffeine or nicotine where like the in its purest form, these things that you put in your body are not really necessarily bad for you per se it's more the delivery method and the things that go along with it typically are what's bad for you like nicotine itself is just like a mild stimulant that is addictive but nicotine itself isn't really bad for you it's the right. the smoke that right. it's attached to in the car and the car that's, that's coming out of burning and the same tobacco. thing for caffeine like when you have caffeine all it does is really just you know it, it's an addictive thing that gives you a energy boost and that's okay. It's like it's not that crazy, but it's the the sugar, it's the soda, it's everything that else is attached to it. Which is why they say like have a cup of black coffee when you're on a diet. It's that's all right. It'll juice up that metabolism a little bit. Right. So I feel like HGH is the same way. Where like in its in its purest form, at itself, it's it's not that bad. But it's the things that go along with it that get you messed up. Well, it's also. I definitely, and I don't know that much about steroids and human growth hormones except for its applications in the entertainment industry and how people use it to look good. But it's also kind of a misnomer, too, that people kind of look at exercise as weight loss when it's really diet nutrition. You know, it's like exercise is for overall health. Mm-hmm. And then if you're actually looking at weight loss, it's always going to be diet and nutrition every time. And a combination of the two is what's ideal. But, you know, they like there's a recent study that came out or an article I think like four days ago about biggest loser in the New York Times, which I've never seen, but how much basically like ninety percent of the contestants have gained all that weight back in three or four years or more, and not from reckless abandon of like they just instantly the show ends and they start eating mm-hmm. you know they start eating McDonald's like three meals a day and four years later they're getting it all back. It's because the body that they've now brought themselves down to, if they've lost 200 pounds, still will burn less calories than a normal person at that weight. Mm-hmm. So they need to make, just to maintain the weight that they've lost, they need to eat like six to 700 calories under their normal 2000 calorie diet just to maintain, not even to keep weight loss because mm-hmm. of where their body is at. And I guess certain symptoms of how, um, I guess how the body is processing different. Um, I forget. Yeah, you you, you buy you buy um, the Lamborghini and you you can't put eighty seven in there. No, no, no. You, no. you got to get that ninety one. But um, yeah. And it was, but the point they were saying is that it's also when pe- when people think of building muscle and then that increasing your calorie burn and your metabolism the truth is is like for every pound of muscle you add it burns like 12 extra calories a day mm-hmm. so the idea of you stack 5 pounds you're burning like i think the example was your if you put on 5 pounds of muscle which is not easy to do unless you're really working hard nutritionally and exercise wise mm-hmm. Um, you're burning an extra uh, starburst a day. <laughs> so in that sense that like really it's more you have to be conscious about your diet and your nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, if weight loss is a big goal. Sure. <sighs> yeah, I mean, the, the, I, when I, I, the, the, the most weight loss I experienced in my adult life was when I broke my ankle and was unable to exercise for three months because... I wasn't eating out. I wasn't drinking. I I didn't. My heart rate didn't go above ten beats per minute for three months. But I still lost way more weight than in than any part of my life where I was going to the gym five days a week. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, you lost weight during that time because I know you didn't. I didn't know you didn't gain any weight. I was I was fully afraid that I was going to gain twenty pounds a month because I didn't get off. You know, I couldn't walk, and all I did was subsist on friends bringing in and out burger over or ordering Thai food or or, or anything like that. It was, this was pre-Postmates. So I was very afraid that was going to happen, but it was it was the opposite because I wasn't, 
I wasn't going out to eat, eating high-calorie meals filled with salt and fat and whatever else pe restaurants put in their food to make it taste better than your food at home. And I wasn't going out and drinking alcohol. I was just chilling. That's the one, the big A. That's where all my bad calories come from. Sure. Big A. And it's hard. It's hard to say no to the big A because the big A is tight. Well, it's crazy to think. When you, like, big A is alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the calories in a Budweiser, I think it's like 140 calories per Bud. You know, it's like not mm -hmm. that much for light. It's like 100 and something. Or mm -hmm. Miller Lite's like 90 or 100. That's like, it just is insane when you think like, oh, I'm going to really kind of like tighten up. One or two cocktails, beers, or glasses of wine throws off your entire daily like calorie regime mm -hmm. completely. Yeah, that's that's like that's the difference between you're eating. trying to if you're doing it and trying to be happy and conscious of it. That's what you're trying to drop is like 300 calories under. Mm -hmm. Maintain that and exercise and all that stuff. But like without like without blinking, you're just like there mm -hmm. goes that shit. Yeah. Whereas that's like oh I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna eat this in and out. Yeah, I'm not going to eat this 600 calorie in and out. I'm going to have this like 350 calorie rice bowl and then you might as well have had the in and out and not the beer at the end of the day mm -hmm. if that's what really made you happy. That's why we have to start smoking weed more. A lot more weed. <laughs> Which I don't always want to do. Um I wonder like I w <laughs> shout outs to our moms. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, <laughs> you guys. We're super healthy and responsible. <laughs> um but right. but I wonder like the what edibles I mean this is this can't have any effect it's got to be so nominal but I do think about it like with what's so interesting going in into food and edibles and just overall um, the culture of marijuana in a medically legal and recreation legal places like the gummies the candy bars the the Cheez-Its, all these things that you can buy, which are kind of perpetuating themselves. Like, you eat one weed Cheez-It, I'm going to have another weed Cheez-It. I got mm -hmm. that much cheese. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I mean, I guess like a cookie is another, that's an extra 220. And if, you know, the trade-off is that you're not going to get cancer by smoking it. But like, that's, if you smoked it, then you wouldn't have a cookie that day. I mean, it's like, it's kind of interesting. And uh. just weed culture in general, you're wanting to eat food, you're getting the munchies, you're having fun. Like, mm -hmm. I just, it's so curious to me where this aspect and this kind of venue for people to kind of be unhealthy, but also healthier that they're not smoking it, but unhealthy that they're now doing weed butters and sugars and salts. And I mean, I guess you're not, you're not doing it like you're eating a giant bag of potato chips, but it's still something. It's a brownie. It's a cookie. It's yeah. a something. It's something that you that tastes really good that your body is not going to be super happy about. Yeah. Um, it is, this shit is curious to me, dog. <laughs> it is curious. Um, well, our, our friend Du, who sent us some amazing questions last week, sent a giant email full of a bunch of crazy stuff. Hitting us with a D, dude. Uh, I get it. She's like over it. a few more. She um, she was she was asking about eating mustard flowers a lot. Um, I don't know if I ever have, or if I have, I'm sure, like in a just like the regular yellow mustard flowers that you kind of see all over. And she was asking if you can eat them, and and you, oh. and you definitely can eat it. I don't know about foraging. I'm not I'm not well versed in the forager lifestyle, which I think is very cool and would like to, but I don't know anything about it. Yeah, I know that um I know that when you when you do find the mustard flowers out in the wild, there's there's a lot of it's it, it's it's a, it attracts a lot of bugs and, and things like that, so that's like one that you have to So are these tops of mustard greens? I don't know yeah. how the mustard plant grows, exactly. to be honest. So yeah. this would be the top of mustard greens. Because I get I cook mustard greens. Yes. I mean that's not a it would be thing. it would be the flowers the yellow flowers on top of the very bitter, tough mustard mustard leaves. Right. Um, Which are so, delicious. When yes. Well. I recommend if you're doing mustard greens, braising them with some tomato juice. It cuts down some of the bitterness. Oh. And do you do the stems as well? No. Or just the leaves? Just leaves. Okay. Well, uh, the stems are very fibrous. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know how to get that into an edible place and the, yeah the, it's definitely not a great 
thing to be to eat raw. It's like no, you there. No. It's like a very I don't ever hairy and fibrous raw, but probably very good for you. Well, tomato juice in the braising liquid, even if you're doing collard greens or mustard greens, really sucks out some of the bitterness. I wouldn't mind putting that on a nice pork sandwich. There you go. Um, she was she was asking. Um, let's see here. She was well. First off, she said, "Come over to her house and pick wild figs that are near her house, which, down. Is, which is amazing." Very down. But she said, um, "Every week she always buys scallions and cilantro, and she wants to know what are like things that we always have in our fridge that we buy every week." Those are two. Those are. I mean, those are two very much so. Um, onions, garlic. Um, shallots. Um, I usually get mint and thyme too because it's cheap mm-hmm. and it's always, I mean, using, uh, there's very few applications to me to use dried thyme or mint. Um, but I'll, I'll get that mint bundle. I'll get scallions, cilantro, tarragon dill. Um, what else do I get every week? Um, I get arugula every week. From the farmer's market. You get juice every week. A couple heads of bib lettuce. Um, I mean, like, that literally I get every week. Um, I don't know. Depending, like, I guess maybe a package of ground turkey. Ground turkey? Yeah. What do you use that for? Just patties for, like, on a meal where it's like, okay, this is not this is not going to be a splurge meal I'm making, like, pork belly tonight so i'm gonna have a salad with a little turkey patty for lunch mm, so you have the boring l- side of people who cook <laughs> so you've got so you've got the turkey patties that you just kind of cook off and have to have to have like some nice protein in your yeah in your and, house. and it's, I, it's always like i mean i find them to be more delicious than a chicken breast and more delicious because there's usually a little bit more fat in them too than an mm. actual chicken breast. And then you probably juice those turkey patties up with some flavors, don't you? Yeah, it'll be like a little seasoning salt or you know whatever's sticking around. Mm-hmm. That's good. But yeah, it's simple. It's it's my favorite way to eat kind of a lean protein. It's just a little turkey burger with nothing on it, a little salt, a little seasoning. <laughs> when you want to punish yourself. No, I mean it's it's even it's one of those things where it's like it's actually really nice because then you can go hard on a dinner. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I, I feel like, yeah, for me, I like to always have a roast chicken in the house, and yeah. then I'll just kind of pick at that all week, and then at every every you know Sunday or Monday or whatever, at the beginning of the week, I'll just throw whatever things I have in a pot with the chicken carcass. So like, I'll just I'll pull a wing off there, eat the meat off of the bone, and then put the bone back in the yeah. the chicken bag. So there's there's all of that, and then you know boil it with some water with whatever things you have around peppercorns and chili flakes and garlic and you know onion scraps and whatever yeah that's like and that's, i let i let it boil all day long on low with the with the lid on and then it just it turns out very delish and then with that i'll you know cook rice with it and just have like a tupperware full of rice get some greens cooked down and just have that and then you know, just like put a little bowl together Put a turkey patty on top, perhaps. <laughs> so boring. Hit it with a little vinaigrette. Yeah, no, I, th- I think like you know, there's always those great dishes, whether it's making stock with or frittata or torta di riso or even pasta. It's like you're like, okay, everything in here is about to turn. All these vegetables are like getting close. Let's make something. Let's throw this thing with olive oil and garlic, and then see what we have in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, for me, I do that, and I also keep. Everything I have a smoothie every day, so I keep I have to buy all of those ingredients every week. Yep. Bananas, frozen blueberries. Yeah, he's frozen. Coconut I almond milk. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Ice cubes. You buy, your, you buy your ice cubes, huh? Yeah, stay on top of. You got an ice cube guy? I, I I make my own cubes at home, actually. Oh, I've heard of that. Mm-hmm. Artisanal. I, I always have them in my fridge. I know it's so much better to use fresh fruit. For smoothies, but I just always find myself just having a few bags of frozen fruit, and that's what's in my smoothie. Do, I do both. I do a fresh banana and then a frozen blueberry. I do put in like the small organic Fiji apples. I do put in a whole one uncored because there's so much nutrients and fiber from the core of an apple, and you don't notice it in a smoothie. Mm-hmm. So I'll do that. That is one fresh fruit that I'll use because of how good that core is. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Excuse me. Unfortunately, all of these questions are not questions at all. <laughs> Just letting us know what's up. Uh, she said, when I make Szechuan chili oil at home, I buy giant bags of chili flakes that seem to mold or spoil very quickly. I could vacuum seal it, but is putting silica gel packs okay? Or is this a recipe for death or, at the minimum, uncomfortable poops? Should I throw out what I have because it's at least a year old? It was a big bag. I would, I would, I would say freezing it. I so guess he's making Szechuan chili oil out of flake. I guess so. Because giant bags of chili flakes. That's not. That might be chili oil, but that's not Szechuan chili oil. Because Szechuan, Szechuan chili oil comes from peppercorns. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not. They're not a flake. Peppercorn Szechuan peppercorns are a peppercorn. I mean, I don't. Unless I, I guess I could be wrong, but I don't understand it. It's well, like, I mean, the, I mean, red chili no, oil. Chili, what the, is it? No, I'm, I'm, I looked up a recipe on how to make Szechuan chili oil, <clears throat> and it was with chili flakes. Huh. And I mean, interesting. All, and and the peppercorns as well. Okay, so it's a combination of the two then. But it's kind of yeah, it's it's dried chilies with uh, with the peppercorns as well. Got it. I would throw away the chili flake. I can't imagine that it's that expensive. Maybe, um, I mean, I guess find a place to buy smaller amounts, or I, I assume you can just freeze it. I don't really, I mean, it's it's already dried, and... Yeah, I don't know what that would do to, whether it would, like, bring out the oil if you froze it, and then it kind of dissipates. I don't, yeah, I don't really or know maybe the just science how it would work. Get the, when you get the bag of chili flakes, just make, like, a giant vat of the chili oil, like, make a gallon of it, and then just keep that forever yeah the oil is going to keep refrigerated a lot longer than <coughs> like depending on how much you're using also if you're buying two pound bags to save money but then you're having to throw it away because it molds it's always like cutting your nose to spite your face sometimes when it's like oh I, i'm saving a dollar by buying this three pound bag mm-hmm. as opposed to buying the one pound bag but then this has to sit in my house or it goes bad, or it annoys me, as opposed mm. to buying exactly what you need to make one big batch and then be done with it. It's like buying buttermilk. It is like buying any kind of dairy that you don't use mm. every day. Yes. I get so mad every time I buy buttermilk. I know, right? Like, God damn it. I use it once. I've never been able to use it twice, I swear to God. Because I'm making things that are intrinsically unhealthy. Where it's like, I'm not going to make fresh biscuits three days in a row and just hate myself. <laughs> like, that's not going to work. Also... If I'm going to make like biscuits, I'm gonna, they're going to have the amount of butter that they should. They're not going to be like, oh, these are light biscuits. It's like, no, I'm going to eat a biscuit once a month or every two months, and it's going to have three sticks of butter in it. You're going balls deep. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I wanted to invent a, a buttermilk that comes in just one small package of it. It costs the same as the, the regular Nudsen's you know, quart yeah. of it. Which is like you know four four dollars or something like that five dollars for like the thing that where you just use half a cup and then it you throw it away two weeks later just get the same just sell it as a cup cost the same and it's super higher quality and and then you're right. good to go Make I will it, say the have times, some Pinterest packaging the times I've been able to kind of stretch out buttermilk like you buy it for the unhealthy recipe and then you can you know like let chicken sit overnight in it I mean mm-hmm. you can let it marinate because buttermilk will break down some of the protein tissues is a natural tenderizer so you can like not you don't have to make unhealthy things with it but usually that's why everybody buys it for yeah, it. what are what, what other healthy things can you do buttermilk with or, i mean butter yeah every- well, I imagine there's a bunch that is having <laughs> we probably haven't paid attention or tried to figure it out i love buttermilk like drinking it mm, i'm not mad at drinking it if it's really high quality and fresh but yeah. i think it's just such a yeah. Great ingredient I for love everything. The, the tanginess of it is is really good. That tang, I love that tang. Um, so yeah, if you want, if anyone wants to partner with me on a artisanal <laughs> buttermilk company, holler at your boy. I'm ready. To, I'm ready to make this money. Um, Shifting units in small doses. She also asked, "How do I style my food to look Instagram ready?" Oh fuck! This question not, is for Jason. This question is for Jason. <laughs> um, I mean, I would say. Never use a flash. When it, if you're in a restaurant and it's dimly lit and your food food doesn't look good in the lighting, and you would have to use a flash to take a photo of it, never do that ever because you look like an idiot um, mm-hmm. taking a photo of your food with a flash. 
if you're at a dark restaurant and your food is your photo's not coming out, just, just give, enjoy the moment. Just g- enjoy the moment. Give up. Don't do it. Um, I would say you know natural lighting always. Find the magic hour. Find a good place by your window. And then um, what I usually do if I'm going to Instagram a, f- a food dish, I will take maybe like 10 photos of something um, from many different angles. Keep the phone, keep your phone or your camera stationary. Um, don't hold it in your hand just like willy-nilly. Like prop it up on something so you get like the, the, the best, sharpest photo and resolution. You know, rest your elbow on the table, hold hold it up next to something, but never never just hold it straight up because it's gonna it's it's gonna look kind of whack. Sometimes this is solid advice, even from somebody who's never used Instagram, like just for <laughs> a photography background. These are yeah. all these are good tips. Some uh, resist the urge to do the bird's eye view overhead photo because everyone does that, and it's a little it's a little too easy, and it and it can. You know, it's it's just kind of boring, and it has been done. I mean, shoot. sometimes you will get an amazing photo that way, and you just have to do it. Shoot low as often as you can. It'll, yeah, c- cup and bowl permitting, because it's going to be more dramatic, and it's going to be a perspective that you're not going to naturally mm-hmm. think to see. Yeah, what I'll do is just get get the plate or the bowl, and then keep the camera in the same place, and just keep rotating the bowl and looking at your dish through your viewfinder on your phone. And then find find something where there's a lot of depth of field, and then practice with focusing on different points in that. So, you know, you could have like five different things going on in a bowl. You can have rice and pork and veggies and whatever it is. And you your first instinct is to whatever the best ingredient on there, like a pork belly or your fried egg or whatever, like the the star of the show item is. Don't always focus on that. It's it's fun to kind of focus on like a weird little cavernous nook of your dish where something different is popping out. So if you're backlit like in bright sunlight, do you just hold up like a white napkin for a natural softbox <laughs> in front of the food or get maybe get two people you're dining with to hold up a large tablecloth? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's probably something you should do yeah. too. Um, just to be on the deal. Yeah, you know, that's a little if you if you want to be a pro, you can you can bring your little white 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 wall. Can somebody Hollywood this squirrel granola for me real quick? <laughs> um, and I think the other tip is, lastly, because I don't want to talk about this too much because it's <laughs> ridiculous, but I would say um, know that just because you are eating a dope meal and a crazy dish that you want to show off to your friends, if the photo is not working, the photo is not working, and just to give up. Only only post a photo on Instagram if, if the photo came out really awesomely. If it came out half-assed or not that great, then don't even bother. Seems like outstanding advice for everything. Absolutely. If you're if you're eating a if you're eating everything in the world that that tip everything in to. a world yeah if you're eating a dish that anyone can go get or anyone can make and it's not that crazy looking you don't need to post it post post stuff that's in and out you've done it again does not need to be instagram don't need to don't need to instagram you're in and out don't need to instagram the same thing that any dumb dumb can do if you are at a crazy restaurant or you're trying a new dish or something that just came out or a special that day if you're with dana's parents and they buy a 12 pound alaskan king crab yeah if you if you go time <laughs> yeah or or if you make something yourself, that's the one you should post something the most. If you're proud of what you've done, that's what you do. But um, yeah, exer- exercise restraint because there's so many. I uh, hope this. Uh, I hope this audio clip gets up on Reddit real soon because this is <laughs> solid Instagram advice. Yeah, I mean that's the reason why food photography is looked down on so much. Like it's the same. Like food photography is very similar to me in terms of like the DJing lifestyle. Like at at first glance, most of society thinks it's stupid and frowned upon, but there are good, cool elements to it. Like sometimes I will, you know, most DJs are really lame and dorky and stupid, and I don't want to look at them or talk to them, but there are also a lot of them who are very cool that I'm friends with that I am proud to be associated with. And same thing for food photos. Like 90% of it is horrible, and then there's some people who are doing very cool awesome things yeah. just be one of those people and don't don't be a lamo 
Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Don't be lame Um All right. What else do we have here? And also, speaking of that broth, this is a good time during this rainy weather to make this this Filipino soup that my girlfriend always has when she's sick called arroz caldo, mm. where you basically just take rice and it's sort of like a porridge kind of thing, but yep. it's not that full. But you, you just cook down chicken stock and cooked rice forever. Do just, you make the stock first or do you make it together? Um, you could do either way. Hmm. You can you uh, you cook it long enough to where I don't think it matters if you boil it if you make the rice in the stock first because yeah. the rice is it like kanji. It's it's similar to it. It doesn't get that far. Yeah, it still has a little bit of like the the rice grains are still visible, hmm. but they're like they're definitely like decimated and yeah. and super cooked down. But it's it's that, and then fresh lemon juice on top. Crispy mm. fried garlic, mm. green onions, um, and there's like well, one with with the fish or you, fish sauce in with the chicken stock, just a little bit, uh, and it, it's it's super good, and that's that's a very easy. And then also you can put in like chicken meat, as well. That's sort of mixed in there. It's sort of like a, a Filipino matzo ball soup or something like that. I really like the lemon and the fried garlic. Yeah, it kind of seems like those are the two. Sleeper ingredients that really kind of changes. Yeah, the game. otherwise it's not really that crazy. It's sort of yeah. just like chicken soup, chicken and rice soup that has fish sauce in it. Um, but yeah, lemon and covering it with crispy fried garlic chips and then the fresh squeeze of lemon. Um, traditionally, it's with the calamansi fruit, yeah, which but would even be better. Hard to find, um, and lemon is is just fine. And then a bunch of green onion. Mm. It's dope. And Sounds it's very, very easy to make. Yeah. Like it's one of those things where you like you can make it when you're sick. Yeah, get make two cups of rice, put it in a pot with chicken stock, put the lid on, put it on like a low You say more than like a 2 to 1 ratio because if you're making white rice it's usually going to be like two cups of or four cups of water. Yeah, yeah, definitely you don't need as much rice and a lot of that's going to absorb and cook in. So, you're going to use more. It's going to take so long to break it down. That you're going to be adding liquid, so like maybe five cups of of stock to two cups of rice or something like that. Cooked rice. Oh, you you cook the rice first. Cook the rice first. Oh, I thought. So you cook the rice. You can cook the rice in stock, yeah. but I don't think it's really necessary. Yeah, I would just rice in a rice cooker, cook it, bring it up, then pour it in the pot with the chicken stock, and then cook it down. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, you don't. You you could cook it the the raw rice. I guess what I was saying was raw rice. Do you so the stock is made before? You can't really make stock and the soup together. Stock is made before. That's what I was asking. When like, can you do it at the same time? Oh. Like, do you just throw like a chicken carcass, vegetables, rice, and just like fucking turn it no, on? No, stock is Got made it. before. Stock is first. Okay, but we'll we'll make it. This makes more sense. That's great, and it's something that's very easy to do. Well, I mean, also like you can do it healthy, or you can slice some pork belly on top. You know, like you mm-hmm. can you can do like a Chinese yeah, pork it's, chop, it's like a you, blank canvas. Yeah, it's a blank, delicious canvas. Uh, I've done it with sous vide egg. Yep, real nice. For the listeners, Jason just lifted his eyebrows when he said that to me. Mm. I did it with a sous vide egg. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink. <laughs> um, do also wants to know <clears throat> about instant ramen. Do you have a fave instant ramen? I really love anything Nong Shim. Is that the one we like? I don't know. The one I like is the is the Shin Black Ramen. I think it's called. Yes. Oh yeah. The yeah, one yeah. that Sam that's, got that's a case the one. of. That's the one. Shin Black Ramen. It, like it's a guilty pleasure, but I will eat it for sure. Yeah, I think that's it's definitely so good. Definitely are my favorite as well. But I, I don't. I didn't know that. if it was like something 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 Shin Black Ramen, which is what she just said. It's yeah, it's it's the know. one in like the black and red. But is it the same one she's talking about? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So whatever I think is called the Shin Black Ramen. Yeah. That one is unbelievably good. I mean, really like to the point where I've bought it just for the flavor packets mm-hmm. and use those as a base for like a soup for different kinds of noodles and not the instant ones because you can use noodles that are way more healthy than ramen noodles because the way that they're cooked is that they're fried and then freeze-dried, mm-hmm. which makes ramen really unhealthy. 
Sure. And also the high levels of sodium. But there's no MSG in the Shin Ramen. And I mean, that's arguably whether it's healthy or not. I mean, but you can use that soup base and use healthier ingredients if you really like the stock that much. And I do. I think it's amazing. It's, mm-hmm. it's really flavorful. So. so you can definitely just ditch the ditch the noodles and ditch the fried frozen pack noodles altogether and just make a healthier. But before you ditch version. it, definitely take a king size chomp out of that brick <laughs> of of horribly processed noodle. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, the crazy thing to me is that the you know those. Those ramen noodles have such a—I mean, it's, everybody loves them. I mean, they have such a great texture. They have like—they really are. If they weren't so unhealthy, they're fantastic. Yeah, I know. Um, who was like? There's a, a very early episode of Mind of a Chef where where David Chang does a bunch of things to instant ramen. It was a, I think he did videos, and it was a Lucky Peach article. I think it was in the first Lucky Peach. Yeah, super super early where he made like a instant ramen. Cacio Pepe. Yep, that was like the that was the big viral one. But that one's really interesting. Like if you're looking for inspiration of what to do with that, and, and and then also you know you you can obviously you know make the ramen burger where you do that, even though you probably don't want to do that. But also yeah, just like that that packet of flavoring is so delicious and flavorful. Like just experimenting on what you would do with that. Like you know you can make an aioli out of it. Yeah, instant really delicious fried rice. Just using right, one right. of those packets. Maybe uh, mix that with buttermilk and do an instant ramen brined fried chicken. <laughs> I like it. So it's, you get the going, ramen packet. Yeah. You this is not whisk a bad it together idea. with buttermilk until it's proven to be a horrible idea. But in my brain, this is not a bad idea. If it turns blue, throw it away. Yeah, but. I mean, I could see that having like a horrible chemical reaction where the buttermilk yeah. curdles, or maybe that's how you make um, Japanese mozzarella cheese. <laughs> you use you use the ramen packet as the, your uh, as your activator. But it could be an amazing it could be an amazing flavor to add to fried chicken that's going to push it in that direction of like Korean could fried be chicken or, or confirmed Japanese. confirmed. With, how could it not be? Should I think you should try it on Sunday for Mother's Day for the folks? All right. Karen, I know you're listening to this, and you're a vegetarian, but I'm making you instant ramen fried <laughs> For chicken. For Mother's Day, we're going to strap you down and force feed you <laughs> buttermilk fried chicken that's been marinated in ramen seasoning. And I'm going to use your vegetarian cast iron skillet, and I'm definitely going to ruin it with chicken <laughs> fat. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm writing this down right now. Instant ramen, buttermilk brine. Let's do it together next week. I'm down, man. This is good. See, this is, where, this is how ideas and energy flows. I feel like somebody should be ordering us lunch right now because we're we're too zinging. We to, should be eating soylent just to get through and push through. Yes, get this on the, the fast track. The only way we can create new and exciting menu items is if we're not bogged down by eating food. Ugh, who wants to eat food? And the fact that you have to drink the soylent, it's annoying. Maybe a little IV situation. I think it's I think it's annoying when you or everybody that I've. Anyways, yeah, it's the how texture. Much it's until, pancake batter. How much longer so it's until like, soylent? It's like it's that weird, like yeah, it's that weird swallow where your body doesn't know what's going on. It's soylent because it's like it's the fact not, that they called soylent soylent is such a ballsy move. I do. I love really that. respect that. I love that too. It's Much like, respect. Yeah, we are the devil. Yeah, shout out to soylent who's giving me. There free are soylent. people in here. All right, what's what's the over under on years until soylent begins? Selling home surgery kits to where you get the little stomach hole in your mm. body where it has a little plastic gasket fitting where you just clamp your, your soylent feed bag onto so you can just keep on typing in. CEO and creator of Nest has left the company to start <laughs> a new bio product with soylent. I mean, yeah, I feel like it'll be like the little, it's, it's like a little vacuum when you plug your your hose onto your vacuum cleaner it's going to be like that you just Look, clamp it on and twist and then you start that feedback to me it's i mean in a sense to me it's not that crazy of an idea if that's kind of where your brain is living i mean the idea of people installing um you know wearables under the skin or in the body in a way i mm-hmm. mean there's like there's n- <laughs> this is not a crazy concept to a lot of people mm-hmm. and i don't think i don't, you know so to me it's like that might be a serious, a serious engineering feat that's happening right now. Trying to figure out how to do that. Just oh, basically absolutely. wearing a camelback 
of, of Soylent, <laughs> and you're just like cruising and don't have to think about it. I mean, I guess you'd have to figure out ergonomics of like you're sitting in a car. Do you want to take it off? How do you plug it in? That's for smarter people to figure out. But the concept of it is what's more radical, and I don't think it really is to a significant amount of people, or at least a very specific group of people that kind of look at food as function and, mm-hmm. and fuel as opposed to something to you know creatively dive into and enjoy and celebrate yeah what what just since i always like to say something racial what is the what what race is least into food what are we thinking that's a tough one what what people right because their food is shit it's not shit more shitty british food than there are Foods, but there's good British. All right, food. who has the shittiest food? Is the real question we should be asking. <laughs> I mean, it's tough because my girlfriend is Filipino, and I love a lot of Filipino dishes. But as a whole, Filipino food is the grossest, in my opinion. But that's just because of that's just because of my palate and the way I was raised. But that, I think the problem is the. The, the Filipino food that most people know of in America and in the world outside of the Philippines is a very bad example of it. What about, like, what about cuisine, Scandinavian cuisines? Like, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like the, who makes lutefisk? Lutefisk. Lutefisk. Yeah, that's like Icelandic that or Icelandic like or that? Norwegian. I mean, basically when you're in an entrenched Arctic community that's living only off of the seafood that you can catch – and have few ways to preserve it other than ice. I mean, mm-hmm. I would say, like, that's... Without knowing better, I would say that, like, probably whoever makes loot fisk is definitely up there. Right, right. Just like, um, today for lunch, I'm going to eat a piece of whale that's from 2009. Yeah. And, and not only that, we're going to fool ourselves into making this cultural and a delicacy, and we're going to have a festival <laughs> to eat it once a year. Because it's so good, right, guys? <laughs> Isn't this great? Oh, it's delicious. you got to try this. 2009 I, was a good year for Bluefist. It's a, it's a good vintage. I, I would mean, say that's the food equivalent of the guys who like jump in the ice pond. Yep, the naked. polar club? Yeah, polar yeah. Bear like club that stuff. It's the same thing. It's not enjoyable, but you do it, and you have a funny, funny giggle out of it. But, that, but I think that's one reason why Filipino food is so trendy right now is because people are finally starting to make it in a way that is enjoyable. Well, that's what – I mean, look, it, it seems to me a lot of – The, the heritage of it is using bad ingredients. Like the, the, the history of it, it seems like, for whatever reason, packets and frozen vegetables and, mm-hmm. you know, like when you – the same dishes with almost the same recipes with really high-end ingredients are really good. Right. Like it, it's not necessarily intrinsically the recipes. It seems to be like the, the cultural sourcing of the ingredients. Right. But yeah, whereas like, normally if you go to a Filipino market – the food is so cheap. I've yeah. never seen anything like it. Like I've been to every other type of ethnic market, not to use that word, but you know, Chinese market, yeah. Vietnamese market, whatever, you know, Ta- Armenian market. Armenian market does get pretty cheap, but there's there's item like just regular items like uh a liter of vinegar. Like a huge like yeah, for under a dollar. I mean, like you go, you go to Ralph's and you get like the ten ounce, you know, Heinz white vinegar, and it costs, you know, yeah, two three bucks, and that's what. It is. And you can get the same exact thing in a full liter plastic bottle where the bottle is made out of plastic that is, it's like paper thin, and it's so cheap, and and like all the all the canned vegetables are just the cheapest. Just how do you make money level of cheapness? What's the, the scary thing to me is vinegar is one product. I mean, that's fine to me. It's like, oh, yeah, I might even use that, use that for pickling or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's but when you're in the Asian markets and you see, like, the fish sauce. Oh, yeah. Like, the, the gallon fish sauce. 
Yeah. There's no way that putting this in my body is good for me. Yeah, it's just like we we scraped the dumpster of uh, anchovy guts and we mix it with water for uh, for a month, and here you go. Delicious. <laughs> I mean, it, it works, but yeah, it's that's one thing where buying the expensive version of it is maybe a good idea, at least just for your mental health. amazing recipes going back to before kind of like manufactured industrial food processes but you absolutely but when we're comparing these cultures like iceland never had like a time in the sun where it's like oh this was before ramen noodles like <laughs> like they always all they had was fish and it's like and penguin to we've eat we've been eating ice cubes yeah, for like, the dog so the like you time. start sourcing good ingredients for old icelandic recipes and i don't think that like right you're like, uh, nah. Still Ludfisk. Still using lye. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's another weird yeah. thing. Shout out to all of our Filipino and Icelandic <laughs> listeners. <laughs> way, to, way to fight the good fight. And that's the sound of two people unsubscribing. Nah. No, but Filipinos will agree. All, right. All, every that's the thing. every like, Filipino I don't I've talked saying, about this. I don't think we're saying anything culturally insensitive and, and it's been yeah, like the every same. Every Filipino person, I'm like, yo, where's the bomb Filipino restaurant to go to really get that good shit? And they're like, doesn't exist. Or in the, luckily, in the last few years, it is existing in right. Los it's, Angeles. It's starting to pop up, but, now, there, but there's no like, like, what's the down low? Like, it's don't go there. The no. down low is not to go there. Go yeah. to the like the go to my aunt's house on Easter, and that's the only way. Like every I've had so many Filipino meals where you go to like the steamer tray place, and you and you kind of get ten different slops, and eight of them are just no. And then two of them are like, oh, this is great. Like, well done. Or you'll go to, yeah. Or you go to somebody's, you go to somebody's house and it's just like, here's a bunch of lumpia and here's a bunch of fried pork and here's some grilled squid and here's some head on shrimp and here's, and you're like, oh, this is dope. This is really dope. Or you go to Amboy and you get all of those amazing vegan stews that he's made, and then you're like, oh, this is so good. Oh, no. soon, Alvin. So good. Well, speaking of of that restaurant in Chinatown, that brings us to the best thing we ate all week, and we may have the same thing. We just, let's just say now, we do. I didn't eat anything better. And I, th- I don't think we happen to share a meal, and it happened to be that good, and we both don't have to have something different. That's true. It is Howland Ray's fried chicken. What the hell? <laughs> so good. Yeah, I mean, Howland Ray's is, they, they just opened up their brick and mortar location in Chinatown, right next to Chago and Amboy and, and all those other places. Ron is there Champ. a better place to go to eat in Los Angeles right now? Like, as far as like in the vicinity, food court, is there. Right. Tough variety and quality of food you have in that food court in Chinatown, especially with now Howling Rays kind of being mm-hmm. and Pock Pock. I mean, you've got Howling Rays, you've got Pock Pock, you've got Chego. I don't know what the deal is with Ramen Champ these days, but I mean, it's not. It was not you have the really terrible nice co- when I went there. You have the nice coffee place. You yeah. have scoops. scoops ice cream. I mean, like it's balling. There's so many good choices, and Amboy is you know like it's still. I mean, maybe Howling Rays as a guilty pleasure, I think, is maybe my favorite in that plaza. But as far as, like, mm-hmm. daily driver and just concept and quality, Amboy is by far my favorite there. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, you go to Chago and it's an amazing meal that you can't Ugh. stop eating and you feel, and you feel disgusting so afterwards. You feel gross afterwards. And you go to Amboy and you feel amazing afterwards. And it's, I mean, it's arguably... Is- but yeah, they just don't, I mean... Like those French fries at Chago, or like just fries with cheese and onions and special sauce and all that. like, so good, and you feel so bad afterwards. But um, but Howland Rays, yeah, the natural hot chicken were, yeah, very. It became very trendy in the last couple of years. A lot of TV shows going there and sampling the real stuff. Mm-hmm. Before KFC, yeah. Uh, with 
to me is that like and my friend Dave our friend David Cho said KFC hot chicken not to be slept on really <laughs> oh man I find it. well that's not gonna I mean unfortunately now that there's a brick and mortar Helen Ray's I don't think yeah, I'm ever gonna be able I mean, to do that in the same way where you're like right. uh, a chalupa from Taco Bell like it tastes pretty good but like yeah. should should not eat it but um, I was gonna say like he seemed to be at least in my mind maybe I'm an idiot but at the forefront of bringing Nashville hot chicken out of Nashville into you know, like I would say so. Yeah. In areas like, I was like, it was the first time I'd ever heard of it. Was when people were talking about the when the Howling Rays truck mm. started up. Yeah, I mean, super, f- super moist. You could definitely tell that it has been brined very well. Like a lot incredibly of incredibly moist. A lot of times you see like, oh, we brine our chicken, and you're like, I can't tell if you brined it or not. Like you know, when there's a lot of times where you will brine a bird, uh, like you'll brine your Thanksgiving turkey, and you know, gun to your head, you're like, I couldn't tell you if this is brine or not. But this right. is, you take one bite of it and you're like, oh, the, the brine worked. It's where you bite into a wing and it's it's dripping and you realize it's not oil. It's like literally mm-hmm. chicken juice. It's, ugh, it was so good. And the, and you can order however spicy you want it to be from extremely, extremely hot to full mild, no no you, heat at all. I had medium, which was a little spicy. I think I would try the next level mm-hmm. next time myself. But just, and the fried chicken sandwich was... Excellent. The only, I mean, to me, the only fried chicken sandwich that's even close to as good. Like, I mean, I mean, I would say even close to, but equally as good. Um, night market. Night market, and there was nothing even getting close to night market. Yeah, so two are neck and neck, but then there's so different. Too. You've got a really nice, nice traditional type of pie of salad on top of the night market one. Mm-hmm. It's you know it's different, but I mean there was like. There was only one chicken sandwich I wanted to eat when I wanted that in L.A., and that was Night Market, and now there's two, and they're both, like, they're not mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. They're so good and different. And I feel, I mean, the wing is my favorite fried chicken or the favorite piece of the chicken. You can just get, like, three, it's like three jumbo wings. And, like, that's totally, that's totally enough. Yeah, there's no reason to get a chicken breast ever. I mean, the thigh is great too, but I, I for me, I just get, I just get those wings and then get it popping. Don't get white meat, you dum dums. Well, we had the sides were crinkle cut with seasoning salt on it, really good homemade seasoning salt. Yeah, those fr- fries. those fries were super. Great fries. We had a little watermelon cucumber salad that was fine. <laughs> I think their I think their little salads change all the time. But I, I enjoyed that to cool me down, but it w- there wasn't really much going on other than it was just chopped up watermelon and cucumber. Yeah. Yeah. You got to go full in. If you're good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Lord. Mm-hmm. Great pickle. Oh yeah, yeah. And the and the real kicker is when you get traditionally the hot chicken at a restaurant like in Tennessee or whatever, there'll be like a little tray and slice of Wonder Bread at the bottom with the fried chicken on top. But Howlin' Ray's has like a nice artisanal square white loaf bread that they got from like a. A reputable baker, so it's basically like the very nice, high quality version of Wonder Bread, and it's not super processed. So good, so good. So if you live in LA or near there, hundred percent recommend going there. You'll probably have to wait in line for a while, especially if you go on a weekend. But totally worth it. It's fun. The only thing it needs, yeah, forty-five minutes tops. It's not insane. You sit down, so it's also kind of like if you ordered at a busy restaurant, you just have to wait in line a little bit. But it's mm-hmm. not like but we the didn't three go on hour, a weekend. It's not the but yeah we but we only, we waited less than that. But it's yeah. not like a four hour Shake Shack sure. line that's like no, buck no. wild. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah, it's, it's manageable. Not, it's manageable. And there you know you're in a you're in a fun environment with people walking around. But the only thing it's missing is a nice cold beer. So bring yeah. your own alcohol, even and though it's definitely illegal. It. It's highly illegal, but do it. I would say, I mean, that we were walking away, there was like, there's nothing bad about this. There's nothing bad about this. But it would be better with an ice cold. Bahweiser. That is our show for the week. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate all of your 
years and feedback and subscribing on iTunes and all that stuff. I hope you have a super great Mother's Day and you give your mom some cool food. It's uh yeah, treat them right. Mm-hmm. Treat them right this Sunday, guys. They deserve it. You can follow me on social media at them jeans. Under Connor has nil social media, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. This is around.